On today's episode, are you really running slow enough with Zoe Sharp? Welcome to the Run Smarter Podcast, the podcast helping you overcome your current and future running injuries by educating and transforming you into a healthier, stronger, smarter runner. If you're like me, running is life, but more often than not, injuries disrupt this lifestyle. And once you are injured, you're looking for answers and met with bad advice and conflicting messages circulating the running community. The world shouldn't be like this. You deserve to run injury-free and have access to the right information. That's why I've made it my mission to bring clarity and control to every runner. My name is Brody Sharp. I am a physiotherapist, a former chronic injury sufferer, and your podcast host. I am excited that you have found this podcast and by default become the Run Smarter Scholar. So let's work together to overcome your injury, restore your confidence, and start spreading the right information back into your running community. So let's begin today's lesson. If you're thinking, um, why does this guest have the same last name as Brody? That's because Zoe is my sister and she's coming onto the podcast uh, for the first time. It's been a long time coming uh, in her eyes anyway. Um, if you are familiar with the past Q&A episodes, I did two Q&A episodes where I answered her questions and we kind of came to the same theme. Like a lot of the uh, questions had the same theme and it looked like she was getting her um, training balance all wrong. And she's had a bit of a revelation in the last couple of weeks. And I thought it was a great revelation to share with podcast listeners to um, at least create some in-depth uh, reflection on your running to see if you're actually running slow enough. And I don't want to talk about it too much now because we'll get this underway. Um, Zoe was a fantastic guest. Um, she was a bit nervous, she told me, after the fact. But I think during the interview, she um, was very calm, very smooth, and answered the questions um, very well. So I have ticked one sibling off the list. I still have my twin brother who, he does a little bit of running. He runs like 4K uh, about two or three times a week and doesn't want to improve or doesn't train for anything. So I'm not too sure how he would get on the podcast, but it's good to see that I've ticked off one sibling. And so let's take it away with my sister. All right. Zoe, welcome to the podcast. How are things going? Thank you. Things are going well. How long have you been waiting to finally get onto the Run Smarter podcast? Since you started. <laughs> yes, I know. Episode one. Well, you've kind of semi been on the podcast because you've submitted some questions in the past, but um, now it's now it's official. You finally have your official episode. I know. I've been mentioned in passing. Now the people can know the voice. Yes, very good. So um, I, I haven't come up with the title of the podcast just yet, but it'll be something along the lines of um, how do you know if you're running slow enough or something like that? Because... Okay. This is the revelation that you've had in the past month or two. And I guess to set us all up, um, talk us through your past routine before this revelation and what your regular running routine was like. Okay. Um, so I started running the same time that you started running, which I think was about 2015. Um, mm -hmm. We're training for... You got um, me running. You, I did. Me in, you turned me into a runner because of your um, 
your invite to train for a half marathon. Yes, exactly. If he would have known, we'd end up here. Exactly. Um, All right. So, yeah. yep, started running. So, started running in 2015. Um, kind of didn't really know what I was doing. Um, was just kind of running and trying to run further and further and further because the goal was to do a half marathon and I never really ran um, for sport or activity before. Um, and, yeah, up until probably even like... Yeah, about a month or two ago, um, my runs were very um, strenuous. Um, I was always conscious of, you know, trying to do my hardest. Um, I was redlining all the time. Like my heart rate was always very, very high. Um, and I was always trying to push dif- distances. So it created a lot of challenges. My runs weren't very enjoyable um, because they were so strenuous all the time. And that's kind of what I thought I needed to get results at the time. Why do you think that was the results or the feeling that you needed during your workouts to get results? Um, I think it was just that mindset around improvement. So I always thought to improve, you've always got to, got to be giving your best, um, like your muscles need to be um, worked hard for them to grow kind of I guess like yeah that gym mindset even around like you know the more reps you do the harder you push the more gains you'll get yeah. um and I yeah I guess I was applying that to my running thinking that the harder I pushed the more gains I would get okay um, and- how about like because I know you've approached me in the last couple of years and said this is how I'm feeling during my workouts And I've kind of made an inkling or kind of suggested that you run slower, but never really had that sort of revelation. Um, Why do you think you didn't make that adjustment? Do you think you were running slow and it was still redlining you or what, why, um, why now the revelation, not, you know, a year ago? Yeah. I think it was my definition of what slow is. Mm -hmm. Um, because um, particularly around like Strava and stuff like that, so like, you know, apps that were monitoring how quickly I was running, I was already perceiving myself to be running slow, um, particularly in comparison to my friends and and people like you. Um, And so my definition of slow, um, I thought I was going slow, but now I guess I'm realising that my slow um, and what I perceive to be slow is two different things. Yeah, well said. And we kind of have proof because of your past episodes when you submitted those questions, those um, voice memos. I've got a list of them here. It was, okay, uh, my running doesn't seem to be improving. What can I do? My heart rate is at its max and I'm struggling to breathe when I'm running. I am running to the point of exhaustion because I want to get my best times. Is this okay? And other questions were, um, I want to cross train, but my muscles are too sore. Um, and it, in cross training, my muscles are too sore. So it interferes with my running. So all of these questions that you asked on the podcast is kind of stemming from your workout regime and like your, um, the balance between your intensities and the frequency of your running. There's something that's definitely off there and I guess now looking back retrospectively does that make a lot of sense 
Absolutely. It's very clear. Like, yeah, from those questions and from my journey that, yeah, I wasn't being sustainable in the way that I was running. Um, I think that it impacted my level of joy in the runs, but also then after the runs, like it was just extremely fatiguing on my body. And at the yeah. time, I couldn't really understand why, but obviously now um, I get it more. There was even like the mindset side of things as well, because you were, you're saying like, what do I do to address boredom or what do I do to distract me from negative thoughts? Like it seems during your run, you were pushing yourself to exhaustion. You just weren't enjoying that exhaustion either. And would you say that um, getting out and starting your run was a bigger hurdle because you weren't enjoying it as much? Absolutely. It was a chore on my day that I needed to get done, not something that I give myself Mm. um, for pleasure because it was so hard. It was so taxing. Um, I remember there was particular times when, like, I would be running and I'd literally think to myself, like, I don't think my heart could pump any faster. Like, I don't think that this could get more uncomfortable. (laughs) So what was the the linchpin? What was the catalyst that kind of got you over the edge to actually start trying something different? Um, so coming into um, after I had moved house and I, I moved into a new area, which was more flat. Um, previously, I lived in a very hilly area, which created quite a bit of challenges with my runs. Um, and I'd taken a significant break and I was looking to get into a bit more of a routine um, around exercising and particularly getting outside uh, because Um, work was keeping me indoors a lot and I really enjoy being outside so I thought I'd give it another crack of getting in um, to my running journey because I had had some level of enjoyment there it wasn't misery for the whole time Um, there was peaks where I I really enjoyed myself um, and I wanted to get sort of back into that Um, so sorry I feel like the question so why the change? Like we know you you have been running regularly for the last couple of years. We know, okay, you said the change was you've gone to um, live somewhere else where it's a bit more of a flat terrain, but was there kind of a linchpin that made like this kind of switch things on your brain and say, let me try something different compared to my usual pace, my usual routine? Uh, yes. Um, so it started off with... Um... So to start off with, with this, I have um, stopped using Strava um, was a big thing for me um, because then um, I no longer cared about what people saw of my times. Um, And then I started using the Nike Plus Run app and also from advice from you from when I was asking those questions was having that starting pace, that recovery pace being I think the word you used was like embarrassingly slow. I do um, like using that, yes. Yeah. Um, so that was when I decided I'm like, you know what, I'm going to actually give it a go. I'm going to really slow down and really like yeah, embrace that embarrassingly slow pace, particularly for the beginning because my goal of getting back into this was not to get to that burnout level where I don't enjoy it anymore. Like I felt like obviously what I had been doing for the past few years wasn't working and I thought why not try um, what has been recommended. Just quickly chiming in here to let you scholars know I have just updated my five-day injury prevention challenge. 
This is one email per day for five days, learning new concepts and diving into the science on how you can reduce your risk of injury. The sign up link is in the show notes, so fill in your details and I'll be waiting for you in email number one tomorrow. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people can learn from. Like if they've had that same routine for several months and nothing's working in that routine, maybe it's time to change something up. I think Strava has a big thing to do with it. I think that's one of the the major motivations for people and the, like having, first of all, they know that once they do a run, they're going to have to post it and everyone's going to see it. But also within those sort of tracking apps, you have like little segments that you rank against and then you have like bigger segments that people rank against. Then you have your own PBs that they alert you on. And so it's kind of continuously motivating you to go out for your hardest effort. Um, so do you, do you think that played like a major key role um, I know you said it was one of the the major uh, one of the influences that got you to start running slow. But did you think that, apart from the Nike run up and you know trying to do things embarrassingly slow, do you think Strava was a big issue? Absolutely, for me, probably one of the biggest um, because I feel like my mindset um, around people's perceptions of me um, and my running and how quickly I'm running and those kinds of things weighed on me a lot. And at times it led me to push or to, you know, try just that little bit harder when I shouldn't have been. Um, yeah. I, I think it's kind of two things. It's like one, either you don't post on Strava and then go for your casual run, or you do post on Strava and try and change your mindset around what <clears throat> thinking that what you post people will think, um, will judge you or, you know, compare you to other people. Um, it's either having to break that own mindset, even though, or be okay with posting slow runs or just don't post it at all. Yeah, I think I, once before I tried um, just accepting that, you know, my Strava runs will be different from others and that's okay. And, you know, what does it hurt if people see that I'm running slow, slower or slowy, but, it, it didn't work for me. In the back of my mind, it was still very much there, that, that feeling of like that people would be making judgments or that I needed to, more than I needed to impress them um, by, by trying different things. And what I like about, what I liked about Strava is that um, it did keep my times and I was able to see, you know, like my PBs and um, things like that, which I do find motivating. Um, however, what I like about like the Nike app, and I know that you can also put your Strava on private too, so you don't share, which is also an option. Um, but yeah, what I like about that model of not sharing is that I still get the data, but I don't have um, the like social impact and the pressures that come with that. Yeah, um, I guess it's probably worth highlighting as well that, yeah, like you said, Strava can be a good motivating factor for others as well. Um, we didn't really talk about this before we started recording, but are you happy to share what paces you're currently doing? Uh, yeah. So currently for my slow run, so I just did um, a very slow run um, for recovery um, because I had a little bit of hamstring issues. And I think I ran that pace at eight minutes, 52 um, a kilometer. Generally my slower runs, my recovery runs are in like the 830 range. 
uh, per kilometre and then my speed runs and I do a little bit inter- intervals, uh, obviously a little bit quicker than that. And before learning these slow runs, you said that you considered that, or well, you interpreted your previous workouts as doing slow runs, but just wasn't slow compared to you. You were trying to compare slow runs to other people's slow runs. Um, what pace were you running at throughout that time when you were really struggling and um, really struggling to get the balance? Yeah, so my consistent previous slow run used to be about 7.50. Yeah, so you're actually running probably a minute slower per kilometre in order to have that revelation, in order to sort of slow down the heart rate, slow down the breathing, and it be less strenuous and feeling like you can run a little further rather than redlining the entire time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's, that's what it took. It took probably a minute, um, minute or so slower per K. And then you've had this, this big revelation. Can you talk about, I guess, what your experience was like when you first decided to try this out? Yeah. Um, in the beginning, I felt a little bit like during the first run, I felt a little bit silly. Um, I felt silly. a little bit like, yeah, I felt a little bit like, um, I don't know, like I was waddling along, like, um, you know, like, pe- and that's what people would be perceiving me as. But then I got to a point where I decided I didn't care um, what, what strangers in cars passing by might think about, you know, my running pace or my running form. Um, and then it kind of got to a point where I was about, I remember my first really slow run. I was about 10 minutes in. It was 10 minutes to go because I decided on the Nike app, which the first run is a 20-minute run. And um, I was shocked because I thought to myself, I don't feel like I'm dying. Like, isn't this lovely? How strange. I feel like I could <laughs> keep going. I feel like I could maintain this pace. Being outside, like it was a lovely day, the sun was shining, and this wave kind of would be like. And how lovely is this? This is really quite enjoyable. And then so for the second run, I was actually looking forward to it because I thoroughly enjoyed the first run um, and because it wasn't about times anymore. Um, that wasn't what was on the forefront of my mind. The only thing that I cared about was being consistent. You weren't focusing on the pace. You're more focusing on the time you're out there. So instead of saying, let me do, you know, 5Ks, with this pace, it was, oh, let me just see how long it takes me to do 20 minutes or 30 minutes and however slow I am, that's how slow I am. Absolutely, yeah. So it was just about like this is the time and I don't care how fast I go, so I'm going to run for 20 minutes. I don't care how far I go. I don't care what the pace is. It's just doing um, all of my other runs where I've tried to do like a little bit of distance work. Um, It's been the same. It's been about the distance, not about how quickly I achieve it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big revelation. So like when you were finishing your run, did you feel like you could do that all over again? Like how was your breathing? How were the legs feeling? How was the mind feeling? Yeah, I, I really did. I felt like I, I could 100% do it again. My legs would always finish feeling great um, with the exception of maybe after like a speed run, but even still like with this running slower, definitely like I always felt like I could go again. I always wanted to go again like in my mind I really thought like that was just so enjoyable it was quite freeing and I really enjoyed that feeling that I got from it um and my heart rate was always really low like I wasn't just profusely sweating like I was 
you know, I, I was sweating. I had a bit of luck, you know, it was still a workout. Um, but it wasn't at that, you know, really unsustainable, you know, pushing the entire time. It was much more relaxed and enjoyable. Yeah. Um, it goes to show, I think there's the pace side of things, like how you're feeling. I remember a couple of maybe about a year ago or something, and you were we were on this conversation, how you were talking about how I can change it or how you can change your training. Like you're always feeling like you're tired and exhausted. And we were on the conversation around slow runs and what pace you should be going at. And I kind of alluded to, you should be feeling after your run, like you can do the whole thing over again. And you kind of look at, looked at me like really puzzled, like that just doesn't happen. Or maybe you're just not the, the type of runner where that could experience that. Um, do you remember that? Do you remember that kind of conversation? Absolutely. I remember thinking to myself in that conversation, like, oh, that's okay for fit people. Like fit people will feel like, you know, they can go again, but that's not me. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is, um, it's interesting to reflect back on now. And what's interesting is you're talking about the physiological side, like you can feel, fr- you feel fresher, you're not as out of breath. But I think what's even more fascinating is, the difference in in the enjoyment factor as well like you constantly said it throughout this episode you feel like the um you want to do it again you're looking forward to doing another slow run and getting out getting out nature getting like some fresh air and enjoying that process which would one lead to more consistency but two um you're more likely to you're you're more likely to increase the frequency as well. Not only are you doing it week by week by week, but you're probably going to do more runs throughout the week instead of it being a chore and doing it, you know, two or three times a week. Maybe it's now looking forward to doing it three or four or five or more times per week. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Now, instead of it being a chore that I squeeze in, now I think to myself, like, you know, what can I change with my schedule so I can get in an extra run. Yeah, that's awesome. And we know like from this podcast, uh, episode two, when we talk about frequency is the key, the more often you run, the faster you're going to adapt. And if, you do, if you've if you gone from two or three times a week to four or five times a week, even though it's really, really low intensity, your body's going to adapt faster. And I have an inkling that if you consistently do this month over month, then your slow pace will actually get faster and your body will start to like physiologically um, become more accustomed more accustomed to working in an anaerobic fashion or no sorry an aerobic fashion so that you become more efficient at this slower pace and so when you become more efficient at the slower pace then you actually start to slowly pick up your pace and your easy run where you're feeling like you can do it all over again that time actually starts to improve as well. And so um, as long as you stay true to the pace and you stay true to listening to your body and how your body's feeling, that will slowly improve over time. Yeah. And I really look forward to that. Yeah. Just takes patience, but you enjoy the process throughout. So it's not um, like a, a daunting goal that's just in front of you that you have to try and achieve. It's just something, a benefit, a secondary benefit that comes along with just enjoying the process along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I wanted people listening to this podcast to kind of reflect on their pace and reflect on their training 
to make sure that they are actually having slow runs because I've talked to a couple of runners in the last couple of weeks and they've had the same thing. They're like, Oh, I just go out every time and try and get my best time. Like that's, that's what running is. It's, um, so I'm trying to work out some, I guess, ways that people can um, during their run, do a bit of a body check to make sure that they're not really um, feeling or they're not redlining or they're not creeping into a intensity zone. That's too much. If their intention is to do this really slow thing. So I have like conversation pace, making sure that like you can talk. If you've got someone running with you, you can like sing or whistle or something like that. Um, a light kind of sweat feeling like your legs aren't getting that tired. Um, is there anything else that like you, when you're listening to your body doing these slow runs, that you kind of check in to see if there's um, that you're meeting the right intensity? Um, yeah, I do singing. Sometimes if I'm listening to music, um, I might say a lot, like I'll sing a line or two while I'm going number one, because I enjoy that. But number two, I think that it's a good check-in to see um, how it comes out. Like, am I actually puffed? Um, and I guess, yeah, with that puffness, just making sure I'm not at a level where I'm panting. I mm-hmm. think that's the right word. Um, and just checking in particularly with um, my legs and pace. So when I'm on my sleigh runs, I actually don't look at the time at all. Um, instead, I, I think about my legs how I'm moving and do I feel like I can sustain that pace? Um, which normally if I was, you know, feeling tight, I feel the urge to walk or I feel tightness in my legs. So if I start to get those feelings, that's when I know it's time to slow down. Mm. I think it would depend on the type of runner as well, because I know for myself, when I tell myself it's going to be a slow run, I actually do measure um, or record my time. And then if my, splits are too fast i actually tell myself to slow down and that might be something for others like if people are always used to looking at their splits and then picking up the pace or their first couple of k's are really fast and they try and maintain that pace that can be can put you in a really danger zone but if someone's you know i guess well drilled enough or patient enough or disciplined enough to look at their splits and say oh actually i'm going too fast let me slow down that could be a good tool but i i guess it just depends on what type of runner they are um i had another one written down i think um i think too just on that is that um something that i've noticed now that i'm actually running slow which is i I hadn't experienced this previously is that phenomenal sensation that your body warms up to the run and at the end of my run, sometimes I do feel like I could go a little bit quicker um, because my body's feeling more free. I feel like I'm more in a flow. Um, so I can see why for some people um, keeping times when they start to feel that way could be. Yeah, that's a good point because I think people would unconsciously like pick the pace up at the end because they feel fresh and they've mm-hmm. only got a K to go. So might as well just pick up the pace and um that could just tip you into that other intensity. That's a good point. And I guess just on the back of that, just making sure that at the end of your run, you have that sensation, like you can do it all over again because um, it's something that can be quite foreign to a lot of runners, uh, like it was for you, like a year or so ago when I asked you that question and just feeling like that's the goal of the session. And in the long run, a well-balanced routine 
is what's going to get you better results. Um, because even you posted or you showed us a screenshot the other day of how fast you're actually running over shorter distances, like what your pace is over shorter distances. And it's um, a lot faster than what you would have done if you had to keep with your old routine. And so it, the proof's in the pudding to show that if you actually back off and do these really low intensity sessions, your legs are more fresh for when you have to do shorter, faster stuff. And it's just a really nice balance. Um, have you, I guess, do you appreciate that now or have you seen that you do feel fresher, the legs feel faster? Yeah, I definitely appreciate it. I feel that when I do those sessions, um, yeah, I feel speedy, I feel quick, um, particularly now because I know what my, what my slow is. So in comparison, then when I do, you know, break into a really like my version of a fast stride, um, yeah, I feel very, um, what's the word? Like in tune with myself. Mm, yeah, good one. And so I think there's a couple of lessons here. One is just to kind of self-reflect, reevaluate on your own running intensity and your own running routine to see if you do have the right balance. General rule of thumb, 80% of your overall mileage, your overall weekly mileage should be spent at really low intensities. And therefore people do have the um, other 20% to start working into those harder efforts and People may have heard me on this podcast before. I talk about this neutral gray zone of intensity, which I didn't come up with it. I heard it somewhere else. But the um, people, when it comes to running at that 80% slow intensity or low intensity, they run too fast in those low intensity moments so that when it comes to the speedy efforts, the legs are too tired to actually um, physically do that speed. And so they end up running too fast on their slow runs, running too slow on their fast runs, and they end up just really blending into this kind of gray zone of speed and gray zone of intensity. So that's something to reflect on, reflect on their, their past um, couple of months and see are they getting the results they're after? Are they finding the right balance? The other lesson is probably um, one of competitiveness and comparison when it comes to things like social media or posting your runs or um, realizing what your slow pace is because your slow pace might be totally different to other people who are posting their long runs or their easy runs. So really try and tune in with your own body because everyone's completely different. I think that's a lesson to be had. Anything else, anything else, any other lessons or anything to say before we um, wrap up? Yeah. I have to say that like in, in with the competitiveness one is to decide if that social media platform is for you. Um, I think it's really great and beneficial to some, but really detrimental to others. Yeah, um, just like the mindset of the runner. I think it's worth even just self-reflecting and see what motivates someone as a runner or what where you become overly competitive or, um, yeah, where your mindset needs to be or where your mind goes when you do use those apps. Is it, do you feel like it's serving you or do you feel like it's actually hindering you or just unconsciously? So it might be something to self-reflect on. I agree. Anything else? Um. Not really, other than I hope that other people get to find their slow runs too because it's magical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, it's been a, been a huge revelation and I can tell by the enthusiasm when you're screenshotting your splits to me and you're um, talking about how good it feels to start running again and how good a run should feel. And so, <clears throat> yeah, it's definitely something that's worth a shout out, which is why 
I decided to get you on the mic and jump onto the podcast to share your experience because I think it's um, a lesson that a lot of runners need to know. So you got on, you got on the podcast. Well done um, for a whole solo episode, just you and not me just um, talking, answering questions. So you've done very well. You've done very well as a guest. Thank you Thanks for, for coming me. on. Thank you. And that concludes another Run Smarter lesson. I hope you walk away from this episode feeling empowered and proud to be a Run Smarter scholar. Because when I think of runners like you who are listening, I think of runners who recognize the power of knowledge, who don't just learn, but implement these lessons, who are done with repeating the same injury cycle over and over again, who want to take an educated, active role in their rehab, who are looking for evidence-based long-term solutions and will not accept problematic quick fixes. And last but not least, who serve a cause bigger than themselves and pass on the right information to other runners who need it. I look forward to bringing you another episode and helping you on your Run Smarter path.